I was just doing some mask research, of course, because that was in the news today. The CDC, uh, what did they do? They lessened the requirements for mask usage outside. Yeah. If you're fully vaccinated, you can go maskless, worry-free. Um, I think we've, we've sort of found out over the last month, though, that outside, unless you're in a crowd, outside is fine for to be maskless because your particles are just going up into the air and floating away. But I wonder if this is in some way to incentivize people to get vaccinated, um, to say, hey, vaccinated people can keep their mask in their pocket. Don't worry about wearing it outside. So go out and get yours today. And I do think that's going to be an issue if, uh, if we hit kind of a wall with vaccinations and people being like, why do I have to do this? Well, it's not letting me look at the show notes for some reason. Uh, well, as you know, Texas has been open for a while. Numbers still haven't popped up like a lot of people said it would with the Neanderthal thinking bullcrap. We went to a concert last Thursday night. It was outside, fairly crowded. Still haven't. Of course, I mean, we're vaccinated. One person in our group has already had COVID. Uh, his wife has not had COVID, has not been vaccinated. Vaccinated. The other two, partially vaccinated and not vaccinated. Uh, I mean, I when know. you, I guess when you say cases are, they haven't spiked. Right. It looks like they have leveled off at about 3,000 uh, or so. 3,173 is the seven-day average for new cases in Texas. They were kind of heading down as the as the people were getting vaccinated and everybody was still wearing masks and things weren't open. It was a pretty sharp decline. And then um, about the time that things opened up, I'm not going to say those two things are totally causation, like the one caused the other, but it kind of leveled out. It stopped diving down and it stopped and it's kind of like held steady at about three to four thousand new cases a day which is lower than it was in February and lower than January when it was peaking in December through February. Um, and maybe as more people get vaccinated, that number will creep down, but it has sort of stayed steady. Um, it would be nice to see that number go down because every single infection is a chance for a mutation that's immune to the vaccine. And so. Well, yes. And, and, I, and I see what you're saying. Like since Texas has been opened up, I keep up on with my area and I know for up until three or four days ago, we'd been in the single digits as far as new cases per day. Uh, we had 11 the other day, but I'm looking at the tracker right now in Tom Green County. And I don't know how many people live in the County. San Angelo's roughly 80,000. Uh, it says 26% of the people in Tom Green County are fully vaccinated. And this was as of April 27th, 26. 27. 27. Uh, yeah, 26, okay. 26%. Yeah. Uh, it says down here the five counties with the highest percentage of their population fully vaccinated in Texas as of April 27th are Presidio County at 51%, Starr County at 42%, Jeff Davis County at 41%, Brewster County at 38%, and Cochran at 37%. Now, those are good numbers, but that's not 70 or 80%. Which well, is what you, what you need for the herd immunity. It's not. And those are very, very small populated counties. Those yeah. are far, far West Texas. 
where it's kind of easier to get all the people in a county where there aren't that many people or a higher percentage of the people, you know, right. if you have 1000 people in your county, that's only 1000 shots you need. Whereas like LA County, for example, <laughs> we're just pumping them out. Like we're doing a hundred thousand right. shot, you know, shots a day kind of thing. And uh, we're still, I think we're doing well. I don't know. Does whatever site you're on, are you able to look up LA County? Uh, I'm actually on the San Angelo's newspaper. Okay. I can look that up though. Let's see. So it's saying, well, that's in the United States. 11.5 million people in California are fully vaccinated at 29% of the population. They've given out 29.4 million doses thus far. As far as the United States, 96.7 million are fully vaccinated and 29.5%. Now I'm looking at California here too, and 47.5 have gotten at least one dose. So that's nice that we're touching 50% almost. Um, <clears throat> then you combine with that another probably 20% or I don't know how many people had it. Right. I mean, and, you know, and it's, and it's showing here on the one that in, in LA County, uh, ages 65 and up roughly 75% are fully vaccinated. So that's good. Same mm-hmm. the old folks. Uh, 16, <laughs> 16 plus with one percent with at least one dose. Yeah. I see where you're saying that at 48%. So not too shabby. Yeah. Well, we're both on board with trying to use our huge platform to get as many people vaccinated as possible. Oh, I can give you my, I don't know, right? As the Scott sure. Carl Show platform is to get yourself vaccinated and get over this mess. Absolutely. Great. Uh, I got my second Moderna shot last Friday. Ah, how'd it go? How'd you feel? Oh, buddy. This, I know not everybody has a bad reaction. I did feel like I had the flu for about two days. <clears throat> Granted, Corinne made me go hiking the next day when I felt the oh. worst and I still dragged oh. myself up that hill and it was painful, but I felt like I had a fever. You know, you get the chills and everything. Mm-hmm. Everything you bump into is just more painful than it should be. Uh, and a headache. Oh my God. Yeah. I had a splitting headache for about two days and um, I didn't really want to take, I'm, I'm not the kind of person that takes Advil or Tylenol very easily. I Same. finally, yeah, I finally, I like, if something hurts, I want to know it hurts, but Advil reduces swelling and actually keeps you from injuring yourself with swelling, which I've, so I've started using it more and I finally yes. took an ad, Advil at the end of the end of it. And it was like heaven. Yeah. It, it, it's an anti-inflammatory. Uh, I'm the same way. I mean, I'll bitch and moan all day long about having a headache or something hurt. And then finally Marissa's like, have you taken anything? I'm like, no. And, and it then hurts I you use- more. Yes. Like if your back swells up, it's going to, it swells up and actually injures you more. If you would have just taken the, the ibuprofen to start with. Right. And, and I'll do, I'll do that a lot at night. My knees or my hip will bother me when I'm trying to go to sleep. And I'll toss and turn for about four hours. And finally I'm like, enough. I'll get up. And take the ibuprofen within an hour i'm out feel fine and i'm out i'm just like why didn't i do this when it first started <laughs> you think after 37 times i would learn that lesson but i don't you would think because with uh, age is supposed to come wisdom right carl well according to bill maher yes <laughs> i was wondering what you thought <laughs> of that link you love you loved him two weeks ago i, I like the first one i thought he was spot on with the first one uh 
So this is, if people aren't aware, Bill Maher has uh, his show Real Time on HBO. And at the end of every hour long show, he has a thing, a little bit he calls New Rules. And there are a bunch of small jokes. New rule, dogs have to stop pooping on the sidewalk. And blah, 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 blah. you know, anyway, it's a joke. And then the last one is kind of like a longer, I don't want to say rant, but just to kind of like his opinion on some subjects. And, and uh, those last right. about five minutes. And so two weeks ago, <clears throat> It was mostly centered around the fact that, I don't know, how would you describe it, Carl? Well, it, it was, the way I took it was, was he was ranting about the restrictions that the government, the CDC has put in place on, on COVID and why Texas hasn't spiked and, and the, the, the truth that they're not telling us about how the majority of the deaths are from obese and overweight people. and you know, nobody's really talking about that. Nobody's, there's not a campaign out there for that anymore like there used to be. And he gave props to Michelle Obama because, yes, yeah, she was behind the get up and move. Uh, there's been a lot of first ladies in the past that have, you know, done something or presidents that have wanted fight that battle and encourage kids to get up and get out. And- yeah, Laura Bush was all about literacy with her reading program. She was a former librarian. I think every first lady, yeah, has a, a good project. I don't know what Melania's was. I don't, we don't have to get That's into a- that, but. <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, I, I'm a Republican and I have no clue what her platform or but, project was. Yeah, but, but uh, so, yeah, you know, and, and him saying, there hasn't been a curve or a, a spike in Texas because people are getting out, they're getting sunshine, which is what they need. And I agree with him. This last one, not that I don't agree with it, what he said, because yes, the, these young people that think they know everything do need to look at history and listen to some of these folks that have been around and lived it, not saying they've always done everything the correct way, but they have experience. Uh, I, I did like the point that he brought up about sitting in the kitchen and eating in the bathroom. It's a new idea. Doesn't mean <laughs> we should try it. That's right. So I can't say I, I fully, I, I just didn't enjoy that one as much as I did the one before. Well, yeah, I was thinking because the one before was, was all over Fox like, News and they were like, because he was calling out um, liberals too for overreacting to COVID. They, they were, he was bringing up some statistics of uh, Democrats, which I actually didn't realize that 40% of them thought that COVID was, I think had a like 25 or 30% chance of putting you in the hospital or something like some high, way higher than actual number. Well, and, and the, and the thing about it is, is the 40% that they're talking about, they're not doctors. They're not scientists. They don't know. So quit for the politicians, Democrats, Republicans, Quit preaching on subjects you know absolutely nothing about. They're going on basically hearsay. And I know a lot of people say, well, science. Well, I'm still saying a lot of the science is bullshit. Well, that's you say you know more than the doctors, though. And this this was a case where the Democrats in that poll weren't listening to the experts. They just felt like COVID had a higher. Well, they they it used was more it for their own agenda. Yeah. Or they were just they believed something that wasn't true. They believed that. Like half of people that get COVID have to go to the hospital, and that's not the case. That's just incorrect. Well, right. When but when you tell yourself a lie or tell a lie over and over and over, eventually that becomes the truth to you. Mm-hmm. And then when you're so, confronted with the truth, 
then you have a couple options. <laughs> you know, man, up, man up and admit that you were wrong, which rarely happens. Yeah. Or argue it, which always happens. And I mean, I was watching that thinking to myself, I don't think any of my friends <clears throat> believed that, but by statistically, some of them must have. I don't know. So I was kind of curious. Did you think that half the people that get COVID end up in the hospital? Because I know that that's no. not I know that's not true. No, and, and the reason that I didn't is I'd say for the first five or six months of it, I didn't know anyone personally that had tested positive for it. And there weren't really, other than the, the elderly, like really elder in the 80s, were the, about the only ones getting hospitalized that I would read about. So I just kind of chalked that up to is if you're younger, you're in you know, decent shape your immune system's good, you're going to be fine. And then when I started knowing people that tested positive, it was the same thing. I don't know anybody personally that was hospitalized. So, no, I, I, I didn't think that at all. Yeah, well, I was going to say, that was I wasn't even asking you. I was asking a hypothetical liberal friend mm-hmm. of mine, you know, um, who's looking at the same news that I'm looking at. And, and I'm wondering how, how they would come to that conclusion. Um, and if they've... When you see the real numbers, if you modify your belief at all. Well, and, and that's the thing is, and, and we've discussed many, many times, depending, and, and it all depends on your news platform. Mm-hmm. I can look at Fox News, and, then, and, and I do this every night when I'm at work. I'll read CNN News, and then I'll go to Fox News. And it's just what I do is I read both articles, and then I'll meet in the middle. And I think CNN, I mean, you know my problems with Fox, but I think CNN can be a little sensationalistic sometimes. They came well, out as a cable, as the first cable news channel, making news like more entertainment. Sure. And we'll, we're going to follow Casey Anthony for three weeks because that's the oh, biggest Jesus. story. We're going to follow this missing plane when the Philippines are somewhere for another few weeks. And it's just, it's what it's news that grabs your attention rather than news that's actually important. And so yes, that's it my, grabs your attention for the first day. Well, it grabs just, if it didn't grab everybody's attention for the, more than a day, they wouldn't be doing it. So we just have to admit that. I mean, you and I might be bored watching Casey Anthony for a couple of weeks, but I'll tell America you what I was, was what enthralled. I, what, what I was bored with, and America was absolutely enthralled, and rightfully so, was the damn Derek Chauvin trial. I get up every day. Before I go to work, I watch HLN. I watch all my true crime crap. But no, for three damn weeks, I had to watch the Derek Chauvin trial. There's some true crime for you. Here's my thoughts on it. I'm glad he was convicted. I don't understand it all because I don't understand. What, what I don't understand is how he can be charged with three different versions of murder when there was only one person killed. And, you know, that that's a question for somebody that's in in the law field, and I, I may ask a lawyer to try to find that out because I don't have a clue. I don't understand that. Now, you know, for his defense, they tried to pull up George Floyd's drug use and his health and did all of that, his prior drug use, his current drug use, the, the condition of his health that he was in. Did that have a factor in him dying? Absolutely, it did but not as big of a factor as Derek Chauvin's knee being, keeping him from being able to breathe. Yeah, so, just like everything. Am, yeah, go ahead. 
Right. So I am, I was all for, and I said it during the trial, I said it before the trial, and I'll say it now. The conviction, I think, was justified. He deserved to be convicted. And, and especially now that there's his past records are coming up where he's been not really reprimanded, but had complaints filed against him for, for past physical violence. So, yes, absolutely. He, he deserves to be exactly where he is. Uh, I know he's going to appeal it, and that's the big question now is can he get off on appeal and get him overturned? I don't think he will. Uh, now, as far as, and we talked about this a little bit last time with Maxine Waters, with what she said, and then you had the one a couple of days ago or probably a week or so ago now in Ohio where the cops shot that 16-year-old girl because she was attacking someone with a knife. And then you had LeBron James tweet out, you're next, which he deleted. But what is that about? I guess some of so, these old stories just float by. And, and well, have you, have you not? Uh, I guess I don't see. keep track of necessarily LeBron James's tweets. So, well, well, the, the story is, is in Ohio, there were there was a 16 year old black girl that was. I know about the about the shooting. Right. Yeah. So LeBron James tweeted a picture of that cop out that shot her and said, "You're next." There you go. Yeah, that's not something you should tweet out. Which he later deleted it and then put something else on there about we should be teaching these cops better. And actually, saw it on a news story on a cop in Idaho that was kind of mocking LeBron so- James's tweet. Did this come out with the verdict, though? Like when the Derek Chauvin verdict came out, LeBron James tweeted, you're next to this cop. Well, again, it's, it's all in how you perceive what he says. And, yeah, and, I'm, and that's the, I'm not, I'm that's not the problem, it, I think. Yes. A lot of, a and, lot of and times I'm not are, saying that LeBron James meant, you know, you're next, like you're going to die next or you're going to be convicted. And just from what I know about what happened, I don't see that that cop did anything wrong. He was protecting and he was serving. Had yeah. he not taken action, then this chick would have stabbed two people. And there's video of her with a knife in her hand uh-huh. like, attacking this this other girl. So I don't necessarily, again, I mean, it, it just so happens that I'm sure we, and we don't hear about it on a daily basis, but I'm sure there's white people that are killed by cops. Yes, I'm sure there are Mexicans that are killed by cops, but the only ones that any media puts out there are the the white cops that kill black Americans. And I get it because that news topic is hot right now, but all it's doing is dividing us even more. Well, it's pointing out the discrepancy in the how many black people are in this country and how many black people police are killing is higher for the black population than it is the white population. So they even technically kill more white people than they do black people. But when you only have 13% African-American or whatever, 15, I don't know, population in the United States, and yet you're killing almost half, more than half as many black people compared to, to white people, like disproportionately, there's something there where they're targeting black people. And I think that's what makes it a news story. That's why the Derek Chauvin trial was on TV so much is because this was a case where I don't understand why we should have been even questioning the verdict of this. You had a video of a guy murdering 
someone else. Slowly, slowly, methodically, just slowly murdering someone as they cried out for help. And then as they just laid motionless after passing out and dying. And it's all on video. And we still go through. A lot of people are still defending him. That's, that's wild to me. And the fact that people are defending him is to me the problem. I, I feel like good cops, this was, this verdict was a, was a win for good policing because it says, here's a bad police officer doing the job poorly, being held accountable. This is the type of person we're going to take off the force that you don't have to work with anymore. And you don't have to worry about him as a liability. Like those three other officers that were standing around, like they're going to be up on trial soon for accessories. But like they probably didn't want to have to work with Derek Chauvin and be put in that situation anyway. Uh, So I think it, it was an interesting trial, but it shouldn't have it shouldn't have come down to, you know, wondering whether or not he was going to get convicted. Like, I can't imagine very many murders where the murder is slow, is just all recorded. And, uh, and you just watch it happen. And they want to say, yeah, it was because his heart went out. Well, it's amazing what happened. Somebody's heart goes out when you kill them, you know? Right. And, and like I said, yes, his prior drug use. Sure. Absolutely. Did it have something to do with with it absolutely but had Chauvin not had his knee pressed down on him would George Floyd still be alive today more than likely I mean we don't know that but more than likely yeah I think the the prosecution said every day up until the day he met Derek Chauvin George Floyd got up and survived the entire day with that heart with those problems uh yeah and we all have pre-existing conditions of some sort and I hate to think that if a cop killed you or me they would say well Carl had high blood blood pressure. Scott, uh, we know that he had, you know, he has anxiety issues and that that may have played a factor in his death after this police officer beat him to death. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't know. I'm glad the verdict happened. Um, Oh, absolutely. Now, now they're also running and I'll have to find it. I think there's been six cops that have been killed since the verdict. And they were trying to make a big deal out about that and, and tie it together, which I don't think you can. I don't know each and uh, each case or, you know, scenario, what went down. But that's the problem with a lot of these is they all get lumped together. <clears throat> oh, well, this was from four days ago. Police officers killed six people in 24 hours after the Chauvin verdict. And this is coming from the Associated Press. Uh one of them was a 16-year-old black girl, which, again, it, it's tragic and it's sad that she was only 16 years old. But I, I think that one may have been necessary. The other one that's big in Minneapolis right now, uh, I watched the full video on it. She That cop, she needs to be tried. She, I'm sorry, but when... People are pushing for more training and cops are against it. And then you say, I thought I grabbed my taser. You obviously need more training. Like you can't tell your taser from a handgun. And that's even their excuse. And I don't necessarily buy it when you're holding your taser for several seconds before mm-hmm. even using it. <clears throat> now, the kid did try to jump back into his car and get away, which was wrong. But it does not justify shooting him. Right. At all. Your job is not capital punishment. You're not I mean, the executioner. They, they, 
there was nothing there to justify the use of deadly force. Was he trying to get away? Absolutely. But he was presenting zero harm. And there, there were, I think, four police officers there. So, I don't know. It says here in San Antonio, two men were killed in separate incidents. They shot a man on a bus who was armed. Well, if he's armed, then yes, I think. Well, in an open carry state, being armed shouldn't be a death sentence. No, it shouldn't. But if he's pointing. Does it say he's pointing? It doesn't specify. And this other one in San Antonio, same day, they were, the police were met with fire responding to a call that a man had killed a person. So they returned fire, rightfully so, and killed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, same evening, 31-year-old man in Massachusetts called 911, claiming he had a bomb and would set it off. Law enforcement officers tried to negotiate with, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this dude's name. He was wearing body, body armor and appeared to have a rifle, which that's another one that kind of bugs me. They always say, well, I thought he, was, he had, a, had a rifle or he had a gun, and it's usually like a cell phone or something. Or a uh, toy gun in the case of, uh, um, what was the kid's name who had a toy gun and the police just rolled up and shot him? Yeah, I can't remember that kid's name. Uh, and, then, and then there was one the other day. I just listened to an a, interview with his mom the other day. She was yeah. talking about this verdict. There was a white kid the other day, and I think, I want to say it's North Carolina, somewhere, that had an airsoft gun, and he was shot and killed by the cops. You know, see a cop and you have something like that, just just put it out of your reach. You don't want to get shot. Uh, but if you're a cop, I expect more from you than I expect from a little kid. Oh, absolutely. I expect I mean, you not to shoot the little kid until you can establish that that's an actual weapon. Say right here, and this is, and I'm going to go back to, to my complaint on what I think cops should do. And I actually heard a cop arguing this against what I believe. This happened in California. They killed a white man who, according to police, charged at an officer with a metal pole. Shoot his ass in the leg, and I promise you he drops that damn pole. Well, it's the same thing with the girl and the knife that got shot. Sure. Uh, Now shoot something else to stop them from what they're doing. And also they shot that girl with the knife like three or four times in the chest. I don't have any idea. I think like one, one, see if she stops what she's doing before you keep shooting. Uh, Sorry, not my tripod over. And I understand they're going to say, you're not there. You don't know what we're doing. Right. And and that's what I was going to get to is no, we're not. And in the heat of the moment, your adrenaline's going. And, and I understand that, but maybe that's where the training comes in. You train them. I mean, how many movies have you seen where it's based around cops and they're in a shooting range and the silhouette's a human and they're all aiming for the heart of the head every single time? Yeah, they're aiming for the heart because that's the biggest target if you're trying to hit something. Sure. Just aim for that big well, chest area. You know, teach them from the academy on. Shoot them in the dick. That'll stop somebody. More likely, to, more likely to miss, though. It's at the edge of the body. Well, but if you're going yeah. to pull, pull that trigger four, five, six times, mm-hmm. eventually you're going you're gonna to hit something. You're bound to hit something. Yeah, and that's the second thing. I don't think you need to be pulling that trigger four, five, six times. But... That was a case where, I mean, and maybe that's why the Chauvin trial was different, is it was not a case of adrenaline and 
misjudged in the moment. No, quick thinking. no, he no, he had every opportunity to stop what he was doing. And there was a lot of a lot of Republican backlash to people saying justice was served by that verdict, as if weighing in on the verdict, because Biden was one of those who says like justice would be served by a, a guilty verdict here. And the jury is already deliberating, so they can't see him say that. But I, I think it's okay to say in a case like this, that is so obvious to look at that this was wrong. Oh, absolutely. And, and I, I don't, and, and to be honest with you, really the only people where I ever see are defending Chauvin is what's his name from Fox news. Is it Hannity? I don't know which but one. It, it, and it's just <clears throat> like, I don't know what they're looking at to think that that was justified. Well, they're looking at their demographic and who their audience wants to. Well, I'm in their see. demographic. I don't agree with them. You're a special case, Carl. I am special. I took special classes. But I don't know. I just, I, I don't, and, I, and I'm going to lead from one topic to another on this, since we're talking about guns, these, uh, you know, Biden wanting more gun restrictions and banning this, banning that. And you and I have discussed it about the, the, my mind just went blank. What's the main weapon you want banned? AR-15. There you go. For some reason, I kept wanting to say the AK-47. I'm like, pretty sure nobody owns those legally. I don't know. Well, no that's, a good, know. that's a good point, though. Why is it okay to ban the AK-47 and not the AR-15? Well, the thing about it is, is Biden and a lot of these Democrats keep coming out, and, and they're saying ban assault weapons. I haven't seen one mass shooting here recently, and there's been a lot of shootings. And... I'm not going to call it a mass shooting if somebody shoots two people. I'm not going to spin that as a mass shooting. That's just murder. Shoots or kills? Because a mass shooting, I think, is where five are injured and two are killed. Well, they're all with like nine millimeters. or uh, None of them have been with AR-15. None of the recent ones? Not that I've heard. And I could be wrong and I could be proven wrong on that. Uh, I'll do a little research now. But... Gun violence is up because it's being reported more. That's not telling me anything. Well, see what CNN has to say about it. You ever tried uh, MSNBC? I haven't. Are they pretty fair? Want, if you actually want to balance out the Fox News perspective, um, it, MSNBC is a more truthful but unabashedly left of center perspective. So CNN is like balancing out Fox with sensational what's going on and is exciting. Let's get a panel of people here to argue. Rick Santorum, isn't he going to say something crazy? And I don't think that's as interesting as if you want to hear the perspective from the left, just listen to them tell it from their perspective. Okay. So say and most of these, this is a CNN article and it's listing all the mass shootings from this year. Uh, this was up through April 15th. And I say, yes, I'll get all the way down to the one that was in Rock Hill, South Carolina. And just because of what took place, I don't want, I wouldn't categorize this as a mass shooting. Yes, he killed six people. 
It was the former NFL player who killed his doctor, his wife, and their two young grandchildren, I think two workers, or one worker, shot another worker, one died, one didn't, and then he killed himself. Now, this was a doctor that was treating him, and it could have been for a brain injury or something like that. To me, that's murder. That's just a, a mass murder. It's because I, I think in my own thought process of a mass shooting is somebody going into a public place and shooting. Strangers, people that you don't necessarily know before the shooting. Right. Not necessarily going to a specific home of somebody that you're an, an acquaintance of or have worked with or that you knew either on a personal or a professional level. So that one I'm going to scratch off the list. I mean, it's hard to know how to classify that because the, his access to the AR-15 definitely facilitated those murders. Right. But would I consider it to be, yeah, not random? And when I guess when I think of mass shootings, I think of them as being random people being killed. Well, and then on April 3rd in Dallas, where the 21-year-old, 19-year-old brothers killed their parents, uh, sister and grandmother, then shot themselves. That's not a mass shooting. That And I actually read the article on that coming out of Dallas where – Apparently, these two brothers had planned this, that they've been planning it for a while, which I'm sure most of these people don't just drive around town and say, hey, let's go to this movie theater and start shooting people. They're all planned. But again, this one's family. So, you know, I, I don't know the backstory, what's going on there. Obviously, they had their reasons. I mean, and, and most of these are in towns, too, that like Chicago. Chicago's made the list like five times. Well, Chicago's been violent for many, many years. And guess what? There's not supposed to be anybody with guns in Chicago. Purchasing guns. So I think you can own a gun in Chicago. You can't purchase a gun in Chicago. So they buy them across the border in I forgot Missouri. Where. There's this Missouri. one. There's this one gun shop that is right on the border of the state, like right across the state line. And they were talking about how so many gun deaths in Chicago are traced back to guns purchased at this gun shop because it's the closest out-of-state gun store that everybody goes to that wants a gun. <clears throat> so when you think yeah. about gun bans working, it is kind of like, yeah, it drives them to go to the next legal place that they can buy a gun. It's not like these criminals are buying them all on the black market. Well, sure. A lot of them are. I mean, you can't tell me that every gangbanger in Chicago legally purchases a gun because. But those guns at some point were legally purchased. Sure. Now, Again, and we've discussed, should there be more extensive background check and all of that? Absolutely. They, they need to figure something out. You know, Texas is trying to get it passed to where you don't even have to have a permit to carry. And I can't remember which state it was. And it's going to sound like I'm contradicting myself on this when I say this. We love doing there, that on this show. <laughs> but there's a state somewhere in the Northeast that already allows that. You don't have to have a permit to carry, to open carry. And they said it's one of the safest non-violent states there are. And it's like the size of three Texas counties put together. So, you know, that to me, that doesn't, you claiming, well, we're safe because of this. No, you're not. You're safe because you don't have that many people living there. Well, that's kind of like when, when rural areas talk about the violence in urban areas and they say Democrat run cities are where the crime is. And everywhere else is fine. It's like, well, that's where the people are, too. 
Right. And, and the more people you have in one area, the more likely you are going to you are to have more crazy people. I mean, it, it happens. I read the other day in Alpine where, you know, I was this, this guy killed his 10 year old son and then shot his neighbor. You know, that's that's town of 4000. So crime so happens. Look, so if you look at the murder rate in a town like Alpine, where one in 4000 people murder someone, that's way higher than L.A., Sure, <laughs> sure, but it, it just floors me, and I don't think it has any crime has anything to do with who's running your city. It has absolutely nothing to do with a Republican running it or a Democrat running it. Well, crime, I is mean, some, crime. You think that you can't do anything about crime? Well, I think that you can to a certain extent, but people are always going to find a way to break the law. But it's how hard they try. Right. How yeah, so you determined got, I, are you to shoot people? And how many roadblocks can we put in your way before you get to murder people? Well, because people it, are, people are, there's going to be b- bad people who want to commit violence, but people can also be lazy and keep people can be deterred. Uh, I know that I can be distracted from a task that I want to complete. Sure. Um, and if you can make it hard for somebody to do something, yeah, people are still going to do it. It's going to happen less. And isn't that the whole point? It is. I, I just, I don't, I don't see it ever being that way. Uh, happening less? Happening less. It's, especially in today's culture and environment, the, the way everything is so divided, there's so much hate. I, I think it's, it's going to be something that we see more of on a daily basis. I like that new dartboard you have behind you too. I was wondering if you're going to notice did I tell you we went hiking with her? No, I'm sorry. I have a magazine up here of uh, Kamala Harris on the cover that Corinne bought. And uh, she's, she's been planning in a couple of years. to She's going to be in a meeting with Kamala Harris talking about the environment. So she's got her little magazine up here for inspiration. But we were hiking and uh, I'll shorten the story. But the park ranger was like, you guys about to go hiking? notice all the guns and security around we're like yeah it's in a real hushed tone you're going to be hiking with kamala harris we thought okay she's somewhere up on the mountain and we go walking up and we see this black caravan of cars down the hill pull up and we think okay that must be her leaving um we missed her that how cool though that we were out here on the same day and then we keep going up and there's a shortcut that we did not take we took the long way around it kind of put her enjoying the views. And as we're approaching the shortcut, we see these secret service people. They were also staked out around the trail, but they're going up and we follow and sort of accidentally become part of the group and realize that we have a couple secret service people in front of us. We have Kamala and Doug, the first gentleman or second gentleman hiking together directly behind us, like 10 yards and then more agents behind them. And we're just, we just keep walking and we're like. And you didn't think one time to FaceTime me so I could ask her when the hell she's going to go to the border. You just really want her to be down there. I think she needs to go check it out firsthand. What? I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with that, but I just physically going to the border sometimes is just a photo op. And I don't understand sure. when people. Just- sure. Sure. It is just a photo op, but I think it would ease a lot of the tension about her being in charge of this task force or whatever it is that Biden put her in charge of. And, you know, there's no response from her about it. 
So I, I think even a photo op would be something positive for their administration. Sure. That's something for their, I guess, public relations team to consider. Should we have Kamala go down and do a photo op by the border to ease concerns from the right wing? And I mean, and I'm sure some activists also would like to see her down there. I, I don't know. It's not keeping me up at night. I feel like she's probably doing work and her phone can call the Mexican president and she can negotiate uh, how they're going to prevent some migrants from coming through Mexico and ending up at our border and what we can all collectively do about the problem. But yeah, I mean, she could go down to the border and I'm sure that that would, I'm sure after that, everybody would be on board with her. Well, you'd still have, you know, the other side bitching about this or bitching about that. But I think it would go a long way if she just, you know, be a little more open about whatever it is that she's doing or go down there for the photo op. And like I say, even if it is just a photo op, uh, I think it would serve that administration. It definitely give them some brownie points, in my opinion. Yeah, it says here that uh, in the press conference the other day, um, the White House press secretary says Kamala Harris's focus is not on the border. She's prioritizing root causes. Um, so I don't know if she's not focused on the actual like problem of the people there now, but it's like, can you address what leads to the problem we have right now and address that while we're also trying to, other people are trying to fix the people that are there right now. Cause I know instability in Central America is a huge problem with that. And I mean, a lot of that is, we can blame on the United States for toppling sure. democratically elected leaders in Central America because, I mean, honestly, we we were worried about communism. We were worried that we would have some rivals, and you don't want your you know your neighbors to be stronger than you are. So sometimes you topple their their government, <laughs> or you make sure that you have friends in charge of the countries around you rather than. Uh, people who actually won the elections there and then having to make friends with people who don't like you. Uh, yeah, that was all bad policy. And I hope that that's something Kamala is looking into and addressing and trying to mend some of those fences. Well, we can only hope. Yeah, I don't know. This article I'm reading on CNN is kind of all over the place. Talks about her. It talks about Governor Abbott. It talks about her when she was an AG in California. Yeah, so it's kind of all over the place. But... uh I don't know. I, I just think that would be a good thing. So did you get to like, did she speak with y'all or anything? Well, she was supposedly undercover. You know, we aren't supposed to know that this is her. All of these secret service agents are dressed casually. And they're like also hiking too. With guns? <clears throat> no, not visibly. Oh, okay. Um, and so, and with, when you have your mask on, she had sunglasses. No, she didn't have sunglasses. She had a ball cap on and her mask on and her husband the same way. It's kind of, you wouldn't expect people to be able to notice you if it wasn't for us being told down the hill that she was up here. I wouldn't, right. have, I wouldn't have like been looking for her. And I still wasn't 100% sure it was her. Although Corinne was like, uh, yeah, that's obviously her. <laughs> Who else would that be? And I said, oh, maybe they have a body, body double on the team or something. I don't know. <laughs> but then she, yeah. So they went up and they sat on a bench uh, at this, this spot overlooks the city. And so we went up there and sat on another nearby bench and you're just kind of like trying not to try not to look, but also looking. And then eventually there was a group of tape, a group of people behind us that just kept snapping pictures and, and staring at them. So they got oh, of up. course <clears throat> they had to be wondering, how did they know? How would you, cause I would, 
if I was a celebrity and I wore a mask and a hat and I'm dressed, I just look like every other hiker. Like, honestly, the Secret Service people stood out a little bit, but Doug and Kamala looked like LA hikers. Yeah. Yeah, It's amazing how people can find stuff out uh, on celebrities or, you know, like where they're going to be and who they're going to be with and what they're doing. And then if, you know, one person spots them or paparazzi spots them, they tip off the rest of them. And then it's a damn circus. And I mean, I, I remember, I mean, look what it did to Britney Spears. You, you see her or Paris Hilton or Lindsay Lohan or any of them trying to drive off in their car and there's 30 to 40 photographers out there just standing in front of the car trying to get a picture of them. Why? How many pictures do we need of those celebrities driving their damn car? It sells papers, and that's what the finger comes back on us as the public that buys it. Well, it comes back on idiots. I don't buy it. It's just always all over the damn news. We saw what it did to Britney. I mean, she went batshit crazy. Yeah, but I, America has this weird love. Fascination. Of, yeah, fascination with people, but then they love to see people falling apart. And the more, the more Britney was struggling, people just ate it up. They're like, she did what? I have to see that. Ah, oh, it makes me feel so much better about myself to see her struggling. Right. And it's almost come full circle now because now everybody's back on her side trying to get her out from her daddy's conservatorship. Yeah. And I have to imagine a lot of those same people were the ones that relished her downfall. And oh. now they say, oh, well, that- we were always here for you, Brittany. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, I was thinking about that on the hike, too. I was thinking, I just want to let them have a good time. I just want to, like, you you deserve 10 minutes sitting on a bench with your husband looking at the view. You know, if that helps you make better decisions in office later on, like, if you just need to clear your head and enjoy the view with your husband, please take this time for yourself. Right. At the end of the day, they're normal just like you or I. Yeah, she's the vice president of the United States or... They're an A-list movie star or superstar musician, you know, that doesn't necessarily make them any more less deserving of their own personal free time. Yeah. What everybody does on their free time is their free time. Right. I I don't feel like I, one, I don't need or want to know, but I don't feel that I even have the right to know what these folks do in their free time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've always thought the paparazzi was a very strange industry you know they they made a big deal i guess it's been four or five years ago where matthew mcconaughey come through here and he went through the drive-thru at one of the waterburgers and somebody took a picture of him and it was like front page news and i'm just like who cares you know he's getting a burger and he's going on his way he's from texas do you who cares but isn't that part of what we like about we like seeing famous people doing stuff they're famous because they draw our attention if, to see Matthew McConaughey. Even as you're saying that right now, I'm imagining him in his car at the Whataburger. And I'm seeing like what a picture of that would look like. And I'm like, ah, that's Matthew McConaughey having a Whataburger, man. I can, I can dig it. And that that <laughs> just proves he's a true Texan who may be our next governor. Wouldn't that be fun? You know, I don't know if it would or not. Uh, I like listening to him. I like to hear his thoughts on stuff, especially politics. I just don't know if he's ready to jump in feet first. But I guess we'll find out if it happens. 
I mean, I always just look at the predecessor and I say, can you do a better job than your predecessor? Then you're probably fine. If you're better than the guy before you, I think you're all right. Now, what I haven't seen, because I haven't looked for it, I don't, is he Republican? Is he Democrat? Is he independent? I don't know what he is. Doesn't matter. No, (laughs) not as long as he gets in there and does a good job. And a good job means different things to a lot of people. But uh, if you agree with this platform, you know it's going to include decriminalizing marijuana. Well, and it should. It really should. Uh, Again, there's so much that they could do with the tax revenue from legalizing marijuana. That's where I'm, I'm on a Dallas News article now. It doesn't really say. It just says, if he were to take the plunge and run for governor, the poll found that 45% of Texas's registered voters would vote for McConaughey. 33% would vote for Abbott, and 22% would vote for someone else. 56% of Republicans said they would vote for Abbott, compared to only 30 for McConaughey. While Democrats broke 66 to 8% for McConaughey, and Independence 44 to 28. Yeah, I mean, like so, he's, he's not a far left person anyway, so Democrats would be happy with just getting uh, a reasonable person like McConaughey in the governor's office. Right. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it would it, definitely be interesting. And it'd be entertaining. I'd probably watch more press conferences. How's everything going in the, in the government? It's all going right. all right. It's going all right. And uh, all right. And that is what is going to have to happen. If he wins, somebody needs to make him sign something saying that every press conference he will do the all right, all right, all right. And it's like, did you hire a governor or did you just hire like a, an art a performance artist to stand here and say lines? <laughs> Isn't that pretty much what they do anyway? Yeah, but it's like your job on screen is to do that. I would think the governor's job should be to tackle some issues I don't know what, what Texas would want, though. So, I got- mean, really, let's legalize recreational marijuana, use the tax revenue for education, infrastructure, whatever. Other than that, you know, we're pretty good. I feel like healthcare is out of control there. Get a job and you'll have health insurance. Getting a job with health insurance isn't as easy as it sounds. I've never not had a job that didn't offer health insurance. And some of the places I've worked covered me and the entire family for free and even offered pet insurance. So it's, it's, it's as easy as it sounds. Now, I don't know about fast food or anything like that, if they offer any kind of medical benefits, but oh man. Yeah. I seriously doubt that. So it says in Texas, 29%. This is from July 2020. 29% of adults under 65, about 4.9 million people were estimated to be without health insurance this May. Yeah, Texas has a health insurance problem, which means Texas has a health care problem. And to me, health care is kind of the basis for being able to thrive and do productive things with your life. Well, would you say 4 million or without? Uh, this said... 4.9 million. That was July of 2020. That was a, a high, high mark. Oh, in May, but the article's from July. And there's roughly, what, 29, 30 million people living in Texas? That's a small number. Is it too many? Yes. But 
they could get insurance. Like I said, I, I pay off the ass for my insurance through my employer more than I've ever paid in my life. It's expensive, but if you're that concerned about it. So this is from 2019, according to recently released you know, census data, Texans without health insurance, 18 18- Point four percent in 2019 was twice the national average of 9.2 percent. We're also the second largest state in the country. That's a percentage, though. Well, you got me on that one. <laughs> anyway, I just yeah, I think there's things that that a new governor could improve. As wonderful as Texas is, uh, that ener- energy um, grid would be great. The update so Carl doesn't have hot water pipes bursting. That is correct. I'm not taking advantage of the government to get it fixed either. Are they offering? I'd read an article a couple of weeks ago that FEMA was going to come in and you bring them like an estimate, like an actual estimate, not just one that you sit down at your house and come up with and your home insurance and they would distribute funds. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to mess with it. Yeah. But See, that's you know, what we were talking about. Put enough roadblocks between a person and what they want to do, and they'll not do it. This is literally well, just filling out an extra form for free money. Well, it, yes and no. I, I, anytime you deal with the government mm-hmm. on anything, it takes forever getting to get anywhere with them. That's what I'm saying, though. They're making it. It's, a, it's not an easy process. And so at that point, you're going to lose. Oh, it's a, a lot of people process. are going to be a lot of people are going to be disincentivized. It's a simple it. process. It's just the fact that we don't want file it on our insurance mm-hmm. because we don't want to have to mess with paying. I think the deductible for the home insurance, like $2,000 deductible. So, well, yeah, well, that's a whole other issue. Yeah. If you don't want to, it's not big enough to pay the deductible. So, you know, if they can get this pot fixed for $800 that he quoted me, I have a feeling of them being out here two full days, probably going to be a little bit more than that. It may be something that I do need to file on the insurance. We'll see. I'm more worried about get, getting my pool warm enough to swim in. I think the sun might handle that. Not anytime soon. It's still pretty damn cold. Well, not the weather, but the water. Well, we started on COVID cases and Bill Maher. Now we're talking about and, the pool. And Carl's semi-love for Bill Maher. If Bill's talking about something that Carl agrees with, he likes Bill Maher. <laughs> Same with my grandpa, who who no, sent me I, that. I, li- I like Bill Maher because he, and, and I don't know what side he tends to lean to one way or the other, but what I like about Bill Maher is he says whatever the hell he thinks, and he does not apologize for it. Unless, and, he's, unless he's legitimately wrong. Like, I love that Bill Maher, when he's wrong, will come on his show and say, I was wrong, I apologize. And it's well, not like he's any less of a man for apologizing. No, but I'm talking about his opinions. He doesn't apologize for his opinions. And I can respect that. Yeah, unless somebody says, oh, that's incorrect. And he says, oh, I've changed my opinion. Interesting. Well, sure. And everybody has that right to do that. Yeah. It it just, it it drives me up the wall when somebody tweets something or a celebrity says something and then he gets ripped and canceled. And then he comes out, well, that's not what I really meant. Well, no, that is what you meant because you said it. But you sometimes, were, you yeah, unless it was bashing, out of context. Jew bashing. Yeah. You know, and it just, that, that bugs me. And it bugs me, you know, if it's not, just because it's not a popular opinion, 
they come out and apologize just just to save face and save their livelihood, which I get. I mean, that's you know that's how you make your living. But I'm not going to change my beliefs just to have a job. Yeah, not well, and fake apologies are the worst. Like if you right. actually feel like what you said was wrong, then yes, you should apologize. If you still think what you said was right and you're just upset that everybody else didn't like it, then don't come out here and try and give me some bullshit fake apology. Just Absolutely. deal with deal with the fact that everybody's upset about it. Just own it. Absolutely. And I always hate it when they're like, well, everybody's mad at me. Cancel culture canceled me. Well, I would have more respect for them if they just stand by what they believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you believe something unpopular, just deal with the fact that that makes you in part unpopular. And if you want to be popular, but you have unpopular opinions, you're going to have to figure that out on your own. That's not our mm-hmm. job because right. when you spout your unpopular opinions, you're not going to be popular. Sorry. That's just like how it works. But they always complain. Like when I say this thing, that's not popular, somehow I'm the bad guy and people <laughs> come after me and tell me I'm wrong. It's like, yeah, that's sorry. That's called free speech in America. Right. But I, and and I don't necessarily think by them saying an unpopular, something unpopular makes them a bad person. Oh, they'll always say that. Oh, I'm being treated like a bad person. They, they they play the victim card because in today's society, that's what pays off is being a victim. As sad as that is. Well, I was thinking about some projects that we could do to add some uh, elements to the show that might interest listeners. And I was thinking if we each, each week, one of us picked a topic to basically make the case for something that we do disagree on, but it's not just us going back and forth on a topic. It's one of us doing like some in-depth research on why do we believe this is the fact and then making the case to the other person. My first one I thought is masks are an effective way to reduce the spread of a virus during a pandemic. I feel like that's at the root of so many things we talk about. One mask, not two. Even just, yeah, one mask, if it helps. I mean, wearing two pairs of swimming trunks in my pool is not going to protect me from urine. Well, I can can break down the numbers, but (laughs) if you you think masks, like if you think masks don't work, then I can understand a lot of the other stuff that we end up debating where you're like, Oh, I'm so glad that the mask mandate is lifted. Oh, I'm so glad that we have maskless people together in a stadium and full capacity. Oh, I'm so like, that all makes sense to me. If I, if I know that it starts from a place of masks don't work. So if I can address the masks don't work part, I feel like it'll save us from so many other. (laughs) (laughs) So, so Basically, a healthy debate. Well, with facts. Yeah. But I was going to say, if there was something that you wanted to look up on a different topic where you're like, I want to convince Scott of this. One thing that you said a couple episodes back that stuck with me that was such a vague topic that I didn't even want to touch it was that Obama ruined the country for eight years. And I just thought we could go down that rabbit hole. But if there's something in particular that can that you're speaking about. That would be something to make like a detailed list of here's this, here's this, here's this, here's the. Oh, that's easy. It doesn't, it, it doesn't need to be a detailed list. Social media. He was the first candidate to use it as a platform to campaign. And God help us. We saw where it led with Trump. 
well, it couldn't have been that bad, Carl, as a yeah, Trump yeah. supporter for both elections. You couldn't have hated him. I've said, I've said this right here. I've said it to you. I've said it on the show. I'll say it to my very, very, very Republican Trump-loving friends and family. I like Trump. I think he had the opportunity to be a great president. He just needed to shut his damn mouth. If he could have done that, I think he would have been reelected in a heartbeat. I don't disagree with you on that. And I think it would have probably been a landslide. I don't disagree with you on he would have been reelected if he would have kept his mouth shut. And I think that that would have left our country in a worse, far worse place. Uh, yes and we, no. Maybe, okay, maybe a future episode we compare the Obama and the Trump legacies of what they did and accomplished and didn't accomplish in office. If you, if your stance is that Obama ruined the country and a, by social media and, but I mean, just social media can't ruin a country. We're talking jobs. Oh. We're talking the economy. We're talking foreign policy. We're talking ethics yes, and well, government. We're talking just the ability to vote in general. What country do you live in? Social media has ruined this damn country. But how do you blame a president? Just because no, he, he used I'm, it? Yes. And that and, led to uh, every president since then is going to want to use it. And we saw what Trump did with it. It was horrible. I mean, Trump had a Twitter account all through the Obama presidency. And then I think I know, Twitter, but, Twitter came out in the very end of George W. Bush's presidency. So obviously, George W. Bush didn't have a Twitter account. So it's like technology comes and goes. You know, JFK was I, on TV. Are you going to no? And I get that. I, I, I get you. Get, I'm picking up what you're throwing down. But I'm just saying, if, yeah. in my opinion, and even though I'm a big advocate for Trump staying the hell off of social media and just quit spouting out stupid shit, if one president is going to use it or one person campaigning on social media, the other should have that right to do it as well. Uh, and, and Trump opened that can of worms when he was banned from all of this. But I think that's what lost him the election was getting banned. I don't know. I don't know. Well, we'll discuss that some other time. Trump was banned after the Capitol riots, long after he lost the election. From Twitter? Or well, was Twitter first? Which one was first to ban Twitter banned him the day, at, the day after the riots or two days after the riots. Anyway, so it, doesn't, it didn't lose him the election. He had, he had lost the election. Yeah, because he couldn't keep his mouth shut. I mean, the 300,000 dead Americans did not help. But maybe if he had kept his mouth shut, he would have done a little bit more work on preventing the spread pandemic. But, okay, so I do stand corrected on the when they banned him, but they did start censoring him and any article about him or not allowing it to anybody to post anything. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I, think, I think we could go that route, and I think it would be good. Uh, we want, do we want to do one apiece each week, or you take one one week and I take one the next week? It's a good question. Because you know you and I, I mean, we can talk two hours on one subject. Yeah, I wonder if you should do one each week. All right, let's maybe I'll start say, with one each week. I say one each week, and we'll go with yours on the mask, and I will do some in-depth research on why I'm against it. All right. Now, you think that masks just don't work? No, I, I think they're effective. Okay, <laughs> So I guess I need to know what, what, then what am I, 
if what? masks, okay, if masks prevent the spread of a pandemic, then why, then it's hard for me to understand why we wouldn't use them. Because it's a, well, here's my thing. I'm fully vaccinated. This is, well, and this is, I mean, we, don't, we can leave vaccinations out of it right now and well, just talk about but, mask but this usage is, in 2020. Yes, but this is my, this is, I, and I wore my mask in public. When I had to, I would. Now, if I walked into a place where nobody's wearing their mask, I took mine off. Uh, they're hard to breathe in, but I, I think it does reduce the chance of spreading it. But there's so many things that are airborne that we've never worn a mask for. I don't think we'll ever get away from the mask. I think we'll look like China for the rest of our damn history. So if we could have, if we could have all worn them and reduced the spread. I don't know. I don't necessarily know. if it. You're just, you don't think that they're that effective. I mean, that goes back to my original point is you don't well, think masks work. I think with or without masks, there was still going to be an epidemic or a pandemic. Yeah, that's a huge gray area of how many people die in a pandemic and how long you have to be locked down. Right. I, I believe some of it was infringing on our rights. Oh. Okay, that helps me sort of uh, know what where we're both coming from. Yeah, because I mean, I, like I said, I'm not saying that they're not somewhat effective. How effective do you think they are if you had to put some sort of a number on it? Without looking at anything off the top of my head, I don't know. I'd say 30%, 25%, if that. Of you spreading that to other people. Right. And I, th- I think that number is somewhere around 50, 50 to 60%. Two masks brings it up to 80. No, it does not. <laughs> like wearing two condoms. Okay, so with two condoms cancel each other out they will rip so i've been told well when i see condomless people walking around the supermarket i don't really at this point know what to tell them (laughs) i'm like you've made a choice to share share your spunk with us you should never use more than one condom at a time using two condoms actually offers less protection than using just one using two condoms can cause friction between them weakening the material and increasing the chance the condoms might break. If that saves us having to debate the two condom questions. <laughs> oh my goodness. Somebody actually asked, can you get pregnant using two condoms? How do you wear two condoms? Probably the same way you wear one condom. You just put another one on it. What is wrong with people? I think this might just help us prove how stupid America really is. Maybe that's the theme for our show. Wake up America. <laughs> And we lead by example. Well, all right. So, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the answers to these. Can you get, I just read why you shouldn't use two condoms. Can you get pregnant using two condoms? The answer is no. And then it gives the exact same answer. Well, if there's a chance for them breaking, then yes, you could get pregnant. If somebody uses two condoms. I'd say you might be reading from a bad news source. It's from health, kidshealth.org. Kidshealth.org, you're on notice. <laughs> Me on blast. Yeah, absolutely. Well, tune in next week, people. We're going to actually have uh, some organization. We're going to try I, some organization. I got to get off of there. <laughs> I'm just reading more and more stupid questions. Yeah, yeah let, let, let's do that. Uh, we'll battle it out over the effectiveness of masks and give me an extra week to come up with what I want to argue with. Yeah, and there's got to be a way to, to make it less of an argument and more of just... Well, just a both, debate. 
we're both curious. Like I want to know the facts and figures that lead you to believe what you believe. And you, I ho- hopefully would like to know the facts and figures that make me believe what I believe. Absolutely. And just like two curious minds. It's not even necessarily that there needs to be a winner or something like in a debate. It's just like, Oh, let's exchange some information. Sounds like a great idea to me. Excellent. Well, then I'll see you same time, same place next week. Sounds like a plan. Wait. Or whenever. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Our listeners will figure it out. Whenever it drops in your little (laughs) inbox, in your podcast feed, you'll you'll know it happened. That's right. You will get the notification. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. And thank you to Carl. Thank you, Carl, for attending this meeting. Appreciate you, Scott, as always. I am... off to buy some snuff before I have to go to work. All right. That's a good activity. I don't know what I'm doing. I'll figure something out. All right. Well, enjoy your sunny California weather. We've got a chance of thunderstorms and it's cloud notes. I miss those. I miss those. We need some Uh, of that rain. I'll tell you, that's the one thing I miss about being in West Texas because that's where all these thunderstorms would, you know, develop and then they move east and come through our area. But it's so flat out there. Like, Every lightning strike was cloud to ground. It was awesome. They're just very, very beautiful to watch. I finally remember so, those. Yep. All right. See you next week. All right. We'll see you next week. We'll talk to you later. All right.